Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Heather is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales, a writer and marketer, and Heather is my dear friend and my coach, and we're welcoming you on my sessions. So today we're starting a new series called Grace Space. We have seven tough subjects to discuss, and I really want to dig in deep to get the most out of each topic that you've uncovered, Heather. So this is something new that you uh, have started, and I want to know more about where this series came from. Uh, What can we expect from this? Can you give us a little bit of an intro about it? Sure. You know, I think what I've been seeing is there's so much extreme thinking. You're either in, you're out. You're either good, you're bad. I either like you or I don't like you. And you've heard the term safe space. I thought safe space kind of comes from this idea that the world is awful and terrible. And so we got to go hover and find a safe space, which mm-hmm. is sometimes, you know, it, that's the, that is the truth. <laughs> but I'd love to go for a higher level, which is what I'm calling now grace space. Because I believe that if we can find a space together as humans, and offer each other grace, we can get to the solutions. We can get Mm. to the answers that we need as a society um, in relationships, um, in our leadership, in our organization, in our marriages, in our homes. I mean, you name it, go down the list. So the grace space is really this transcendent uh, place where we're all stepping into and saying, how do I really listen to you well? How do I honor where you're coming from? How do I articulate where I'm coming from and how do we find a way to meet in the middle and build a bridge toward one another and become better because we're listening to one another and we're respecting how we're each growing. So that's the idea of grace space versus a safe space that says you just get to come in here and be okay from the harshness of the reality. I want to say, let's create a space where we come in and we offer something. We offer our best, not just have a protection from maybe how harsh the world can be. Mm -hmm. And we need it now more than ever where it just seems like you're right. It is a world of extremes. Either we say everything we're feeling or we shut down and we say nothing and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. So I'm so excited for this series and you always give us great tools on how to uh, monitor what we're saying and how to monitor what we're feeling. So I need this and I'm so excited for this uh, topic. (laughs) So the first one we're going to talk about is responding versus reacting. And so uh, what do these two words mean to you? What do you mean by them? Well, the reason why I started saying responding versus another word, I I really don't want to say that responding is always the best and reacting is always the worst. You know, I think anytime you hear me speak, I will always be promoting this idea of kind of integrating Mm -hmm. who we are. But what I would like to propose is this idea of doing more in how we respond. Reacting is kind of this, this uh, um, awareness of how you, you push back on people. You're in a defensive mode and you're reacting to something versus saying, I hear you. I may not agree with you, Mm -hmm. but I'd like to respond to you. Um, Think about how much better our political debates would be. Right. (laughs) Responding versus reacting. You know, even though the second one, I was just watching last night, they muted the microphones and I was like, oh, thank goodness. We we got some order there, but I still saw a lot of reacting. 
oh, you said this. Well, now I'm going to point my finger at you. Well, you said this. Well, now I'm going to point my finger at you. So all we're doing is kind of reacting to one another. And we see this a lot in our relationships, in our companies and organizations, our groups, whatever we're part of, we're reacting to what the other one's saying versus responding and saying, wow, I hear where you're coming from. And I really value this aspect of it, but I got to integrate my perspective of it. And you can see that that's a way to respond to something. It doesn't mean you're always agreeing. Mm-hmm. It just means you're honoring the other person and you're really integrating what they're, what they're saying and where they're coming from because every single human being has a perspective. Mm-hmm. We may not share perspectives, but I think it's as we respond to one another, we are valuing that everyone has a perspective. And I think that's the thing that's missing quite a bit. So that's why I kind of promote this idea of responding versus reacting. Mm-hmm. So this kind of makes me think of like a self-defense class or CPR when tragedy strikes and we don't know what to do. We panic and we freeze. Uh, we run away. We hide. Or So when we're trained and we plan ahead, we can make productive, healthy choices. Am I, am I on the right track? You're, you're on the right track. Okay. And um, I, think you can, I think what people don't realize is they have a choice. Hmm. If you can stop and recognize, do I want to respond to this or do I want to react to this? I like to live the majority in my space of responding. So I like to be able to say, wow, someone just said something to me and I'm not sure what that means. But before I react, I want to ask them a clarifying question or I want to be curious about it or I want to respect where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Now, the idea of reacting though, and this is why I don't want to say, oh, never react. Are you kidding? You know, I remember once as a young 20 something year old, a motorcycle guy followed me in the parking lot when I was getting out of the car, exposed himself. Oh my! <laughs> and goodness. I remember going, not a time to respond. It's a time to react. Yeah. And I just started yelling at him and he, it scared him and he drove away. So my point is, is I'm like, yeah, there is a time to react. Don't get me wrong on that. But what if we're always just yelling at people mm-hmm. that's living in that reacting space? So the more we mature and we grow in our desire to step into relationships better, I think we're going to the best tool we can really reach for is a responding tool. Mm. Whether I'm talking to my husband or my teenage kids, you know, sometimes they'll say things that set me off and I'm like getting ready to react. But I, I know it will go better if I stop and just respond. Mm-hmm. They're not a threat to me. They don't need to be a threat to me. So therefore, why would I react to them? So save the reacting for an actual threat that's coming at you. And mm-hmm. without apology, use it. But really stay in that responding mode even when people have gotten angry at me, I've thought, wow, I don't know why they're angry, but I'm just going to check it and figure out why. Mm-hmm. Don't always do that. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not like perfect. Sometimes people get angry. I want to get angry back. But for the most part, those times that I've done that, especially when I'm working with clients, to be able to slow it down enough and let them know that I care takes it off the, um, the anger off of me and making it personal and puts it on really the issue that we're grappling with and what the client's grappling with. Mm-hmm. So when I slow it down to say, Hey, I care. And I don't know why you're angry, but I care. Mm-hmm. The whole conversation takes a different turn and that's a form of responding. Mm-hmm. Can you give me like two examples in real life that you've had where maybe a client or even your personal life, your family life, where you've responded versus reacting? Like what does that conversation sound like? Yeah. Okay. I'll give you a personal one and then a professional one. Um, I'll start with my 16 year old son. 
uh, love him. Very strong personality. His grades were dipping. Of course, his mama bear and being a strong person myself I, and being an educator, you know, I'm going to go after him and say, why is your grades dipping? Get them back up. And I'm taking away PlayStation. I mean, I'm going down all this list. Right. Um, when I stepped in the conversation, though, and that would have been a reactive mode. When I stepped in the conversation, I said, hey, son, can you help me understand why your grade's dipping in this area? And when he explained it to me, I was able to listen to hear what he was, what he was grappling with. And one of the things he was grappling with was, honestly, he needed help prioritizing his time. Mm-hmm. And he was getting sucked into phones, screens, computers, all this stuff. So when I stopped that, I just said, okay, let me help you prioritize your time. Let me help put boundaries on it. And I'm doing this because this is going to help you step into your homework. This is going to help you do this. Once we had that kind of conversation, mm-hmm. we set the boundaries together. He knows where to put his phone when he's, when he's doing homework. He knows to get everything done before he goes to water polo practice. I mean, these were things that we just set up, especially in COVID. The whole, with him going to school, you know, two or three days a week and, and being home and doing Zoom and other days, it was really changing his whole schedule up. He, he was struggling of when to do homework and when to do that. As a mother, I wanted to step in and respond to him and not just react and get mad that the grades were dipping. Mm-hmm. So that's a personal one. A professional one is, I remember a client getting on the phone with me and actually his supervisor had asked him to meet with me. So it wasn't someone that would had called me and said, Hey, I want to talk to you. So it was a little bit sensitive that he was kind of being quote sent to me. You're right. Called to the principal's (laughs) office. (laughs) Exactly. I kind of liken it to that. And so he didn't like that. And so of course I'm trying to make it very comfortable, but then it got very angry and started Mm -hmm. saying, you're going to force me to think a certain way. And I still remember him using the term, you're going to spoon feed me. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, he has me mistaken for someone else because <laughs> mm-hmm. I never want to force anyone way to think. And by the way, I can't, <laughs> but I do want to come alongside you and support you wherever you're at. So what I had to do at first, I was so shocked that someone was accusing me something and made me want to react. Fortunately, I was able to respond and slow it down and said, hang on, that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I get a better understanding of why you think that about me? And I'm telling you, it opened this whole, whole uh, history with him where he had worked with uh, a counselor mm-hmm. that he felt very um, pushed to think a certain way with. And he was just confusing me with her. So once I said, oh no, that's not me. And then I was able to articulate, here's how I work. I really mm-hmm. respect where you're coming from. I meet you where you're at. And if at any point you're uncomfortable, you just get to say the word stop and I'll stop. The funny thing is we worked together for years and he never had to say the word stop. You know, it was just him starting to understand this got to be um, the relationship and the coaching relationship that he really had never had a context for. And so I was really honoring his anger and where it was coming from. And I was able to stop and listen to it It shows in it really a great example of responding. And Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I consider him a friend to this day. I'm really glad that I took the time to do that. Very strong Mm -hmm. personality that had not, gotten the chance to step into the conversations and really have someone respond to him. Mm-hmm. Is there um, like a time limit where sometimes you want to react and you just need to step back? Like my daughter, same thing. She's very smart, but she wasn't turning in her work and her grades were dropping and I wanted to go, what's wrong with you? You know, I just, yeah. that's your reaction. And I just had to step back or a conversation with my mom. And then later on I replay it and I go, 
oh, I don't like that. Can we take a few days break and go back to respond correctly to it? Is there a statute of limitations to our response and our reactions? Yeah, well, I think that I always tell people you can always do a (laughs) U-turn. You can always come back. It's never too late. You know, and many a times I've come back with my daughter, my son, my husband and said, yeah, I think I could have done that better. Okay. One of the things that my husband and I do quite a bit, and it's, I think it saved us after 27 years of marriage. It took us a while to figure this one out, being two strong personalities, but to look at each other and say, can we do a redo? Mm -hmm. And it happened yesterday. My husband was trying to tell me something. Um, I'm a fast processor and I'm verbal. So I didn't realize I was interjecting my brilliant ideas (laughs) every couple seconds. Right. And all of a sudden he stops talking. He stares at me like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Now I know that's not it. It's not done. I'm trying to figure out what just happened. There was an abrupt stop. (laughs) And so I'm just staring at him like, what just happened? Like the conversation's over. And then he said, Heather, I'm trying to get something out. And I feel like you keep interrupting me. I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Can we do a redo? And, you know, I zipped my lips and just listened because he was trying to tell me. And it was, a, it was a complicated story he was trying to tell me. And he needed to get all the facts out. And I just kept interjecting all my wonderful insight. And mm-hmm. it wasn't helping the conversation. <laughs> right. So, and sometimes that does and sometimes it doesn't. But if someone's in a kind of deep headspace and they're trying to articulate something, giving them the permission to say, Hey, your insight is not really quite helping right now. Mm. I need to slow this down because I'm trying to get it all out. And I just leaned back and I will say he gave me a heads up and said, can I talk with you? But I need your full attention because he knows to do that with me. Mm -hmm. And at the same hand, I was coming off of several client calls and I said, yeah, you have my full attention. And we both know that means for me to put my phone face down and to hide it. Uh Uh-huh. So the phone wasn't the issue. It was my mind was still on overload because I'd been, you know, talking to people all day and he didn't want a coach. He wanted his wife. He didn't want all my insight. (laughs) He he wanted a listener. You know what I mean? So I think this idea of, hey, can I do a redo? But I need to understand what it is that you're feeling so that I can do this better. And sure enough, I just, all he needed was me to just relax and listen. And I wanted to listen. It wasn't like I didn't want to. I really wanted to. It was a fascinating story. So I just remember leaning back and zipping my lips and just kind of enjoying what he was telling me. And then toward the end, I just said, oh, awesome. Would you like some insight? He goes, yeah, I totally would. Wow. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Here's my idea. <laughs> so I've kind of been asking permission in a way that honors the relationship and keeps it in the responding mode versus the reacting mode. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, And on our calls, I always like to take your topics and insert them into two perspectives. So um, what I I like to make your tools uh, a part of my life. And so what do I do if someone I know lives on the other side of the camp? For example, um, I'm going to prepare myself to respond. Now, how do I respond to attention getters in my world who always react and overreact to dilemmas that arise? What do I do to people who are like always in a state of crises and then they always are reactionaries? How do I help them not to be so, uh, I don't want to say emotional, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got some of those too. Um, on a, on a professional 
in a, in a professional relationship, it's a little easier because you mm-hmm. can say, okay, well, I got to get going, <laughs> got to get to my next task, or I've got to get off this email, or I've got to get off this phone call, whatever it is that you're doing. So you have natural boundaries set in a professional relationship. I think what probably makes it more complex is the personal relationships. Once you recognize that someone is really living and kind of camping over there in that reacting side, you just, all you can do in your way to respond is you have to respond with boundaries. Okay. So, and I've had to learn this the hard way, you know, particularly with some extended family members, you know, you're able to say, wow, that's, that's a lot. And I don't think I can take all that in and Mm -hmm. I I love you, but I got to go, you know, or, um, I'm not able to. I'm not able to do what you want me to do. And so I'm going to have to say no, you know, or depending what it is that they want, uh, maybe they just want you to listen. You don't, you don't have to endure listening if you're not in the space to do it. Okay. So I have to listen really hard to that. And I've just realized I can't listen as much as some of them want me to listen. So I literally will look at the clock and I'll say, I got 10 minutes Mm-hmm. And I, I don't necessarily say that to them out loud, but I'll say it to myself because I know that's about all I got. And then I'll listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll go, well, I got to get going, you know, and what you're living then is, and I think you have to recognize that you're not going to get that intimacy that comes from two people choosing to respond. Okay. You know, my husband was choosing to respond to me yesterday and say, yeah, you can do a redo and I'll tell you why. Hmm. And I was choosing to respond to say, yes, I want to do this better. So that took two people doing that. But if only one person is saying, Hey, I want to, I want to do whatever I want and react however I want. And the other one's trying to respond. That's it's good. like you're hitting a brick, brick wall. You can't, yeah. you can't create that relationship or intimacy. The relationship takes two people. So I think that's the hardest thing you have to recognize is they're not interested in responding. They're not interested in even being a responder. They want to be a reactor. So therefore, the only way you can respond is with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very helpful to me. <laughs> there's lots of drama. And it's just, there's only so much drama you can take all the time. If your house is always on fire, it's kind of like, okay, yeah. I, need to, I need to take a break from you. And this also makes me think, I'm a fight or flight person. Either I'm all in or I'm all out. And so when do we respond and when do we walk away? It's kind of like what you're saying, like, you know, it's a two way street. And if it's not a healthy relationship, maybe we do need to walk away. Can you tell me a little bit more about your perspective? Yeah. Um, I think kind of this, what we just talked about is when I see someone's not committing to responding, I don't try as long as I used to, you know, I'm hitting my, my fifth decade here. <laughs> and I think in my twenties and thirties, I kept trying and trying and trying. I just see the signs quicker. Oh, okay. you just want to react. Yeah. I'm not going to be a good friend to you, or I'm not going to be a good fit for you as a coach, or I'm not going to, I don't even have to waste my time with this. This is to me a waste of time to say, you want me to stay in a reactive relationship? I won't, mm-hmm. you know, I just literally will walk away. Um, and if someone wants to have a reactive relationship, which our world wants that, yeah, I think the, pe- the thing I'm telling people is you don't have to. You do not have to participate. Participate mm-hmm. with it. You know, if someone is starting to react to whatever it is they think you're doing, mm. you don't have to react back. And many people will stay in that kind of like, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you harder. Yeah. You know, and I just want to go, well, you might try and 
take a swing at me, but I'm going to turn around and walk away. Um, whether it's in traffic on the road, learning to say, I'm not going to respond back to someone who's blaring their horn or trying to push in and out of traffic. It's learning how to kind of put those boundaries down to say, no, I'm choosing to be a responder. Mm -hmm. Now I will react if I'm getting attacked, make no mistake. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I, and I will have to, I will have to react with more of a strong boundary, but for the most part, I really want to try and cultivate and foster relationships that say, Hey, can we be about responding to one another? And I think this is going to go better if we can talk through things because I really value where you're coming from and I want you to value where I'm coming from. And I want us to find some potential bridge I think there's a potential bridge with everybody in humanity. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget that. Mm -hmm. And I'm a completely non-confrontational person. I will stuff it, stuff it, stuff it until finally I explode. And so how can someone like me who is non-confrontational respond correctly and voice and find their strength to, to say what they feel before it comes to the point of explosion? Sure. Yeah. I've, I've struggled with that too, Christina. Yeah. I think learning how to separate out reactors and responders has helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just helped me understand the different trust level I can have. I have a very high trust level with responders. I have a very low mm-hmm. trust level with reactors. Yeah, that's good. Every time they're, they're reacting either to me or to the world, or and usually it's coming out in anger. Mm-hmm. I think that the fear of conflict really comes more from that. Once I recognize, I just don't want to participate in reactive conversations. It's not so much I hate conflict. It's just that I really don't enjoy those. Yeah. You know? So once I gave myself that permission to go, I don't know if it's I'm afraid of conflict so much as I just don't enjoy it. It really hurts my heart. It doesn't feed my spirit. It doesn't make me want to go, yay, I'm looking forward to my life today. So I think it's more of my sensitivity that says, yeah, I just don't do reactive conversations. Mm-hmm. So I think the more you grow in recognizing, you know, I would do a full assessment of the relationships in your life and say, what, a, what how many responders do I have in my life? And what am I doing to cultivate mm-hmm. a responding relationship? Um, I realized what I had to own is when I didn't like conflict as much either. And I, don't get me wrong. I still don't like conflict, yeah. but <laughs> I, I was tap dancing so much trying to figure out how do I keep all the reactors in my life happy? Mm-hmm. Once I started kind of drawing boundaries more and getting more of away from a lot of the reactors and saying, I really want to, I really want to have more people in my life that are responders and recognizing I wasn't doing a whole lot to cultivate that. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, attracting a lot of these reactors because mm. I think it was something I was used to. It's something I had grown up in quite a bit. So once I kind of own that and recognize, oh my goodness, I get to have very peaceful, loving relationships that are conflict-free. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to go cultivate that and I'm going to go do something to attract that. I'm going to go do something to participate in it. And honestly, I'm going to confront it if, if the relationship starts turning sideways. That's the hard piece. A peaceful relationship starts out peaceful, but it might hit conflict. Conflict's important mm. to grow intimacy. It's how people respond to conflict. True. You know? So with my husband saying, yes, you can do a redo, and me asking, mm. can I do a redo? That's a form of conflict that grew us in our intimacy together and helped make us better humans. Many people either don't offer the redo or don't want the redo or don't even want to hear about a redo. Mm-hmm. So 
then you don't have that ability to step into a responsive relationship that allows you to just kind of exhale and let down. I realized how much I was living on pins and needles trying to keep people happy because that's what I was used to. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought friendships were. That's what I thought relationships were. Right. That you just kind of take it, you live with them and expect you accept people where they're at and who they are. And you don't always have to, like we're told you, okay, this is, you know, your relative, this is someone and you have to love them and you have to accept them and you have to, you know, spend time with them and you kind of don't like if they're hurting you, if it's harming you, you don't. And what I love is at the beginning of this conversation, I'm thinking, reacting, responding. This is a conversation. These are tools. But now that we've talked, I'm like, no, this is a lifestyle. This is knowing what I want to expect. This is building and cultivating the relationships I have and knowing um, how far and how much I want them in my life. So I mean, gosh, even in just these 20 minutes, I've totally had a perspective change. So thank you, Heather. <laughs> well done, Christina. Well done. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's, that's so helpful. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for today. So join us next time we, when we address the next topic in grace space, questioning versus accusing. Please subscribe to the Heather Penny podcast. And for questions, comments, and resources, please visit heatherpenny.com. And we're also on our YouTube channel. So if you don't want to listen and you want to watch us, please go there. Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. Have a great day and we can't wait for you to join us next week. Thanks, Heather. You're welcome. Take care, everyone.